Hello, my good friends, and welcome to another episode of Time Between Times Storytelling with me, Owen Staten. Christmas is just around the corner. The nights cannot get any darker. The day is like the blinking of an eye. But we are not afraid. We are not worried. We are not concerned. For we are at the fire pit at the heart of the forest, and that is a place of joy. Welcome, my friends, to another tale traditionally told. I hope you are all well, and thank you so much for joining me here once again. Today's tale is a scary one, so please be aware of that. It's bloodthirsty and really quite spooky. When I read and researched it, I thought, whoa, that's a great old horror story. But there we go. That's what some of these tales are. So even though Christmas is around the corner, what better than a true ghostly tale to be told at the dark of the year? <laughs> On the 23rd of December at 9pm, I will be reading Charles Dickens' The Signalman on Twitter Spaces, or X Spaces if you like. I would like nothing more than for you to join me there, where we can share my favourite ghost story. That would be great. There we go. Sit back then, my friends. Relax. As I take you to the time between times. The last few weeks have been a blur, rushing here and there. It's been good. We've seen friends that we haven't seen all year. We've been places where we haven't been for a long time, in celebration, friendship and happiness. We would like nothing more than to cuddle up with a good book and doze off into the winter night. But we know we have something else to do, somewhere else to be, other people to see. So we put on our warmest coat, put on our thick woolen gloves and a hat that covers our ears and make our way out of the house, locking the door behind us, down the path. We look down and see there is a dusting of snow on the steps. We carefully make our way out into the road and feel the snow falling on our face, on our cheeks. It's cold, it's uncomfortable, but it's strangely wonderful as we take the right turn towards the forest. Although it is dark now, the light is barely a glimmer on the horizon. The snow makes it as light as day, white everywhere falling from the skies. In the windows of houses, there are bright Christmas decorations. They bring a smile to our face as we pass effigies of Santa and reindeers. It is a wonderful time of year, but we are not here for that tonight. We head towards the entrance to the pathway that leads to the woods, and there it is, that small gap in the trees that others would just pass by without giving it a second thought. But not us. We take a deep breath, look around, and step onto the forest path. We make our way along, 
The leaves are crunching underneath our feet. The snow is just starting to filter through the trees as we take the winding path up and to the left, back and to the right. And there it is, the mossy tower, its top filled with white, its old window sills covered with frost, the broken oak wooden door hanging on its hinges. We smile at it and pass and come to the babbling brook, which is neither babbling nor a brook, for it has frozen solid. We place our foot upon it and the ice cracks but does not break as we step over it. And there we can see in the distance, through the trees, that faint glow of the fire pit. We take a... We were about to take a step forward, but something caught our eye. Something just on the corner of vision. A flash of red. A quick bit of movement. The sound of branches breaking. An eerie shudder runs down our spine. We carry on walking, the fire glowing bigger, the sound of laughter and happiness getting closer. And there it is again, that small red shape flitting from tree to tree. Feeling uncomfortable, we just step forward and rush into the fire pit. And everyone turns as we quickly enter the clearing. But when they see it's us, their faces are filled with joy. Their smiles are as big as the moon. And then we look up and see the moon and the sun sharing the same sky. For now is the time between times, the time when it's neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey. The time when the veil between our world and the fairy world grows wafer, wafer thin, so thin that for a few moments and just a few moments we can reach into their realm and for a few moments they can reach into ours. Now is the time that people see ghosts. Now is the time that people see lights in the sky. Now is the time that people see the Tulwith Teg. Now is the time between times. Far away we can hear the howl of wolves. We can hear the growl of bears. And something else in the forest. Just on the edge of vision. Looking in, peering from the woods. But we know we are safe here right now, as the storyteller stands to give us his tale at this time, this magical time. And today he transports us long ago and far away, to the borders between Scotland and England in the 13th century, where a great castle is being built in what is known as the bloodiest valley in Scotland, a place where armies march, a place where battles are fought, a place where horrors unspoken have gone on for centuries, as the wars between England and Scotland have taken their toll. The Scottish lords built Hermitage Castle, great stone walls stretching to the sky, an immense wooden door, blocking the outside world from the castle within. And there inside lived the wicked Lord, Lord Sulis, butler to the kings of Scotland and guardian of the entrance of the realm. He was cruel, he was caustic, and he was far from kind. But he feared, 
He feared the assassin's blade. He feared the peasant's revolt. He feared that an army would march into his land, leaving him to fight. So he spent his nights peering through old tomes, old books, old records from years ago, when wild people roamed the land. And in that, he found a spell that would make him powerful. He gathered a cauldron, filled it with boiling water, and in it he placed all the ingredients of the spell he required, last of all, cutting his hand and flowing the blood into the water. It boiled and bubbled and broiled. As he chanted in a language as old as the mountains and as capricious as the sea, and then he sat down as the full moon above passed through the sky. All he could hear was the wind outside. But then, in the hex he had wrought on the floor, something started to happen. First a hand grasped and clawed its way out of the stone, followed by another hand and then pulling itself out of the stone, and there by the cauldron came the cackling, caustic, goblin-like creature. It looked at Lord Sulis and opened its mouth. Welcome, my lord, to your future. <laughs> you have summoned me from the pits below and I will grant you the greatest boon. What is that? said Lord Sulis, his heart beating in his chest at this creature who had just arrived in his castle. You cannot be slain by steel. You cannot be bound by rope. So fear not your future, for I am your guardian now. But who are you? I will tell you who I am. The creature opened his jacket of torn, ripped, dirty, stinking clothes and pulled out an old red cloth cap. I am the red cap and I will be forever with you. But know this, my cap has to stay red and it stays red by me dipping it into the blood of your victims. So as long as my cap is red, I will sit on the walls of Hermitage Castle and look after you. That sounds all right to me, said Lord Sulis. Days turn to weeks, weeks turn to months. And Lord Sulis carried on his reign of terror all over the borderlands. He would send out his knights to raid into the English lands. He would take great taxes from the local peasants. And he would put to death people for the smallest crime. And hang them from the walls, gathering their blood in buckets beneath. And the red cap would dip his hat into it, wringing out the blood before putting it back on his head and laughing and feasting with Lord Sulis. The people became fed up. The Lord had always been known as a dark figure, 
but the peasants had noticed this strange, shuffling creature making its way over the ramparts and promised to rid the land of this evil. They knew that the rumours abounded that the Lord could not be killed by steel, that the Lord could not be bound by any rope. So under the cover of darkness, at the time between times, the time it's neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey, they gathered their forces. They knew that at night the Lord would often go out and patrol the boundaries of the castle, either alone or with a small group of retinue. They waited until that time came, and they rushed forth. When the Lord saw the peasants rushing towards him, pitchforks brandished, small knives and swords, and screams as they made their way towards him, he held no fear. He leapt off his horse and attacked them with his sword swinging. But he didn't know that they had a plan. Their numbers were great, and although he could not be bound by rope, they had with them lead a great lead bar that could be bent, and as numbers reached outside the castle, they ploughed over and pushed down the Lord and bound him with a lead chain. Screaming and crying, they picked him up and took him into the castle, into his very home, up the great stone steps, past the tapestries, until they came to the room where he had conjured the creature. And there he laughed, for they could do him no harm. But they could, and they lifted him up and placed him head first in his own boiling cauldron, drowning him here and there as his legs kicked from under him. And that is how the people of the borderlands rid themselves of Lord Sulis. But the great battle had been fought, and the blade of Lord Sulis had caused a number of casualties amongst these people. And as they carried them away, they turned around and on the ramparts of the stone sentinel that was Hermitage Castle, they saw the red cap dipping his hat in the blood of the fallen. They had rid themselves of one evil, but the second remained. Things were much better after that. A kinder lord moved into the area, although he refused to live in the castle, and the peasants' lives became more tolerable. However, ever since that time, the old pathway through that dreaded bloody valley has forever been unsafe. Many travellers have told of the glimpse of red at the side of the road as they made their way to Hermitage Castle. Some people travelling those ancient byways and coffin roads late at night have been lost, never to return. And it is said that at the time between times, the time it's neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey, if you look upon the ramparts of Hermitage Castle, that capering fool of a red cap can be seen dancing under the night, and the ghost of Lord Sulis, who could not be harmed by steel or bound by rope, is seen riding the night on a spectral steed, spreading his evil 
for eternity. It is a dark place. It is an evil place, full of ghosts and ghouls. But that's what folklore is all about. And that is why when we sit by the fire pit at the heart of the forest and feel its warmth on our hands, we fear not. For these are the stories we like, from tales long ago, from times past. And it's the tale that I choose to tell you tonight, here at the Time Between Times. I thank you, my friends, for joining me. Your company is always a pleasure. Please, if you could share this podcast with anyone you think would enjoy it, if you would leave a nice review for me, it would greatly help this podcast grow and grow into the new year, bringing new people to our fire pit, and that could only be a good thing. If you do enjoy it, and you can do it, and wish to support me further, why not become a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Owenstaten7, or buy me a Kofi at ko-fi.com forward slash Owenstaten. Christmas is coming, the goose is getting fat. Please put a penny in the old man's hat. <laughs> Thank you, my friends. If I do not hear from you or speak to you soon, have a great Christmas and a wonderful New Year. You are forever in my thoughts, for I like nothing more than to come to the time between times and tell you a tale traditionally told. Take care, everyone. Good night. <laughs>